who says we can't do something different? Because this episode, we got amazing guests, and you're not going to hear Chris very much, which is really trying something new. Because we're talking movies, we're talking the Blood in the Soul Festival with all their programmers. Yay! Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Uh, we have a very, very special episode finishing out our hot ghouls of Halloween, so we figured we'd actually get some plural ghouls on the show. We have a big pro- uh, proportion of the selection committee for the Canadian Blood in the Snow Genre Film Festival on today, uh, so we're just going to kick right into that. I'm not even going to kick you over to Scott. We're going to go right into the show. Everybody, thank you so much for coming out uh, on a, a Sunday Sunday morning. Uh, so I think the best thing to do is just get yourselves introduced. And so we're going to kick off right away with what we like to call... Shameless self-promotion. All right. So let's start with, is it it's Carolyn or Caroline? Carolyn. Yeah. All right. Give us, give us the stuff. Hi, um, I'm Carolyn Morissette, and I'm one of the programmers for Blood in the Snow Film Festival. I also uh, run the development lab um, that uh, runs alongside uh, Blood in the Snow, and um, it's for uh, underrepresented filmmakers. So um, we've got actually a really great selection this year. I'm really excited for them to be announced, Um, and I love cats. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fantastic. Uh, Cassie? Yeah. Um, my name's Cassie Gasho. I'm also a programmer at Blood in the Snow Film Festival. It's my first year as a programmer here. And I'm also a filmmaker. Um, my latest short um, called Boss Babe has been doing its festival runs pretty recently. And I also love cats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Melanie, your, your image is less spooky. Yes, I, I opened up more drapes. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, and I'm Melanie Turner, and I am one of the programmers for Blood in the Snow. I've been with the festival since its inception, uh, some 12 years ago, I believe now, um, when Kelly Kelly had started it as a, um, it was called Fright Nights. He would do it once a month, and then he approached me to um, to when he was thinking about doing a festival, and so I've been on board since the beginning, and I love cats as well. <laughs> I, okay, Heidi, are we, going, are we going four for four with the love of cats across the board here? Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Heidi Morales. I'm one of the programmers with Bits as well. It is my second year with the group, but I've been following the festival for a very long time as well. Um, shameless self-promotion. I do publish a website where I do write about arts and culture in the city of Toronto, but also elsewhere. Um, it's Heist Musings, and I'll give you the link later on. I love cats, but I also love dogs. <laughs> I love it. Scott, you want to tell me if you love cats? Because I, I feel like I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if I say no, I feel like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just we actually delete you part. from the show. Like, you're, you're done. <laughs> just be like, that's it. That's done. But awesome. Uh, Thank you so much, everyone, for for joining us. Yeah. So, Scott, why don't you uh, why don't you jump in here and uh, chat for a bit? Because otherwise, I'll just take over the show. Well, all right. I, I guess we can just ask like generalized questions. Um, why horror? 
like why what attracted you guys to horror and I'm assuming watching very good horror movies with this blood in the soul and also very bad uh horror movies probably that that gets submitted uh what like in terms of the genre why this one um well i i was raised on it <laughs> so i'm actually named after um carolyn stoddard uh from that soap opera dark shadows that was my mom's favorite soap um she had the biggest crush on barnabas the uh, <laughs> the vampire um so yeah like i grew up on it like just like you know stories like the boogeyman stories and stuff like that my parents used to tell me so I think it's just kind of ingrained in my my kind of background so yeah and I just I think for me as being a programmer it's just a treat to watch what people create you know good bad whatever you know some people need to work on their skills but I, I always say to myself well even though this didn't come off well, I'm not the one making the movie. There are people out there putting themselves out to make a film and putting their own money out there. So yeah, I just enjoy them all. I enjoy it all. So good, bad, ugly, whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of dark shadows, I don't know why I can't get my camera to work better here. I have all the lights on. I have the windows open. There's sun coming in. You wouldn't believe it, but... Yeah. Um, for me, I, I think, um, as with Carolyn, I kind of grew up with it as well. Like some of my favorite memories are staying up late with my dad and watching horror movies on TV. And just it was always just kind of the, <clears throat> I guess, the safe thrill. Like it is thrilling. You're like watching them. You're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And but, you know, and, and you kind of get to experience that through the characters. But at the same time, you're safe. You know, so I think there was always that. It's just like a little bit of an adrenaline rush at points watching some horror movies. But then there's other ones that are, you know, it depends on the genre because there are some that are fun. But I think that's why I initially really liked it. It's just it's fond memories with my dad growing up watching because he, he liked them as much as I did. So <laughs> and then now I, I have the the joy of working with a festival where I get to to watch is, you know, like all these different, you know, filmmakers submitting their films for, you know, us to, to like, you know, there's some that are never watched by anybody else, you know, but we get to have that opportunity and that privilege. So. Uh, either Heidi or Cassie, you want to, you want to, you jump on that question or both of you actually both of you'd be great. Just <laughs> not at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I guess I can go. Um, I love horror because I find that it's kind of like going to a movie theater and watching like a horror film is just such an experience. It gives like you as an audience member such a, a fun experience with other film goers. And I also find that as a filmmaker and as a programmer, um, there's so much space in the genre for like creativity and innovation as filmmakers and getting to watch those films like so early on like that. Yeah, like maybe no one has else has seen you get to really see like emerging talent and emerging styles and filmmakers and I find that yeah like horror is definitely a genre where you can be really open with different styles and different like elements um yeah Heidi 
So I'm going to echo what everyone else already said, but I also think that I'm from Latin American culture, so we already have a lot of stories that we hear growing up in terms of scary stories. And I think that's kind of the cool part about either programming for a festival that is genre or just watching genre films, that the voices are very diverse already. There's a lot of things that we can explore. Um, and I think in Canada, we're seeing a really great group of filmmakers coming up. And I think that's the exciting part of being part of this sort of programming. Mm -hmm. In that we're seeing some, we're getting sneak peeks, if you will, mm -hmm. um, in terms of what's coming up in in Canadian genres. It's a very exciting time for us, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think we should probably definitely talk right now about the film festival because people are like, who who are these people and why are they important and what is this thing they keep referencing? So who wants to walk us through? Like, I'm a big fan of Blood in the Snow. I went last year. I'm actually going to be there again this year. Uh, for the uh, Deadly Exposure, which I'm going to talk about later because I think it is by far the best for industry people trying to get in or already in the industry. It is one of the best values as far as networking, like hands down. And, and I, I include TIFF in that as well. Um, so and I but I want to talk about that later. But so who wants to actually just like walk us through what is blood in the snow? And why does it matter? Um, and actually, I would like to know where you guys feel blood in the snow fits into the Canadian landscape and the, if you can, even the global landscape, because I know some of you work with Fantasia, uh, which is a very, very prestigious film festival and so kind of seeing where blood in the snow lines up with it. And yeah, so in it, where is blood in the snow and what's its place in the world? So who wants to do that? I think Carolyn might be the, the best to uh, <laughs> start discussing that because she does a lot of the, um, uh the the workshop so well, Carolyn funny. You I, was gonna, I was gonna say you because you were you're you've been with the festival longest but you can both talk can you can both talk yeah, well, I would say yeah, I like well, the top potato but I just figured like <laughs> yeah. you, you you can start with the you know what we're doing now and then I can mm -hmm. go through the the history of the festival after okay sure. so, sounds good okay so what we're doing now, as you mentioned, like deadly exposure, um, that's a huge component because Kelly, Michael Stewart, the festival director, he is also a filmmaker producer. So he knows that side of the business. He's been through it. Um, he His film, um, Late Night Double Feature, uh, did the festival rounds. Um, he has like uh, kind of stories in the trenches, which I... Before I, I uh, started working with the festival, I actually was covering the festival just for like, I, I started out as a blogger. Um, and I remember going to their premiere, uh, Kelly's premiere, and um, the Q&A after, uh, just the way he was talking about it and the passion that he had for um, filmmaking. So it comes from a place of experience where he's like, well, I want to, you know, help other filmmakers um, with the nuts and bolts of the business. So that's mm -hmm. where Deadly Exposure came up. Um, and it, I think it really started to gain momentum because people were like, wow, like, as you were saying, we can network, we can meet uh, industry insiders, indus industry professionals who can help us, you know, um, guide us with our, our trajectory of the film that we want to make or um, just just gain insight. So I think it was a really important um, aspect because I know he started, um, uh, I think I'm trying to think, I was just looking through all the um, the years and I think it was 2015. I think I was um, still writing as a, a film critic and I went to uh, Makeup FX uh, 
um, panel that they had. It was one of the first, I think it was the first year they did deadly exposure. And I'm like, this is so cool, you know, seeing this up close. Cause I was a long time ago, I was a makeup artist. He used to go to industry things and like, he would see it, but just seeing it within a film festival um, environment, I thought that was really cool because that's very shows, unique. Yeah. It's yeah. unique. And it shows the detail that you're looking at. Like the, you know someone who's I want to make a a short film and you got to think about oh well I need makeup I need lights whatever that's where you get all the information and the education so I think um deadly exposure has really grown in that aspect um and then we've added the um horror development lab because basically there there aren't enough BIPOC people creating horror so that was kind of a brainchild between Kelly and I, where I'm like, well, I need to see more people like me. Um, my background's from the West Indies. And like Heidi, I grew up with like folklore, like basically horror is part of our lives. Like you don't do this because this will happen to you in a supernatural environment, right? So, and it's just like ingrained in me. So I I want to see that reflected in horror as well. So um that's why the lab was created. So it's for BIPOC, um, women, and um, disabled creators um, for film and TV projects to kind of get them to the next step. So that because there there's a lot of um, access barriers and stuff like that for, you know, people who um, want to make horror. Um, and there's also a bias um, I've noticed <laughs> with trying to get funding or um, uh, respect because there's like. I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but there's like, you see horror films like, I don't know, James Wan, and they're making tons of money. And so you're a filmmaker, you want to reach that level, but the in-between is really kind of murky and hard to get through. So that's why the lab was created. So anyway, sorry, um, go ahead, Mel. <laughs> uh, actually, sorry, before Mel, before you jump yeah. in, um, <clears throat> do you think that that's because like, for example, if you go to any of the grant you know, bodies, especially arts on the art side, and you've got a mm -hmm. drama. It could be the mm -hmm. like almost like the worst written drama, but it's drama. It's respectable. It's appropriate. There's some money there, but you go mm -hmm. in with this social commentary, but it has a bunch of chainsaws in it, and they're just like, oh, we're not, we're not touching that. Or even telefilm and stuff like that. You can end up in this situation where they're like, it could probably make you know a hundred million dollars, but they're just like, yeah, we don't want to put the government's logo on decapitation. That's exactly it. Like there is really, there's a real hard bias against it. And like, there are some funders who say like, we don't, we don't fund horror, but then you see like they're funding a TV series that is a horror slasher based TV series. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> but yeah, there is that respectability thing where it, it's not, um, it's just not considered. And it just, it's infuriating because you're creating film, you're creating something that is definitely going to get eyeballs on it. And also, um, like, I think they underestimate the audience, you know, um, especially with social commentary within horror. Like there's, um, this isn't a Canadian film, but there's one that sticks in my head because I also program for Fantasia. <clears throat> and there's one called Husera, and it's a Mexican horror about a woman and the fears of childbirth and and, you know, that is a huge commentary on on women, women, um, women and whether you want to have children or not. There's also a film called Level 16, where it talks about like um, 
girls and and the the lack of power and that's a canadian film i remember mm -hmm. um can't remember what year it was but it was like a sold out screening at bits so there is like a lot of commentary um within horror that people don't see it's just like this kind of surface level like oh someone's getting murdered well we can't support that you know my long-winded answer <laughs> Uh, no, I think that's that's great. And I mean, we'll probably circle back to that about like money and funding and stuff like that. Because I mean, anybody who's trying to make movies, that's usually the number one thing that's like all the panels. And if you were just to be like, so who here just is trying to get money? And like the entire audience puts Everybody. their hand up. Right? So, um, Melanie, do you want to just like walk us through the history of Blood in the Snow and, and where you feel it sits in in the Canadian uh, film festival ecosystem and, and, and globally, if you can? Sure. Um, I'm just trying to remember years because, as I mentioned earlier, I think it, it started out initially with Kelly doing Fright Nights once a month um, at the, um, there was a theater, oh my goodness, what is the name of the theater now? Was um, it the Projection Booth? That's it, sorry. Um, yeah, out, um, out on Cape. And uh, so he would do that once a month. And then uh, we were sitting down talking one day and, and he was like, you know, I was thinking of doing this this festival of just Canadian genre films, Canadian horror, um, and would you be interested in in kind of coming on board with that? And I was like, that sounds like a really interesting project. So um, that was, as I mentioned before, I believe twelve years ago. Um, and so yeah, so we've been. Um, I, as I mentioned, I've been part of the festival ever since. I've I've worked in various roles, but I, it's definitely been um really interesting to see it grow throughout the years uh because it just started as a few days and now you know we've been expanding and expanding and expanding and then also um putting in the workshops as well um so it's just been um a pleasure seeing <clears throat> how it's evolved um over the years um no, I'm trying to think of, uh, as opposed to Carolyn, I'm like trying to think of well, what to So say. I know that, uh, so Toronto, I think Toronto After Dark is going on right now. It I, is. I yeah, I was there do, last night. Do any of you work on that film festival as well? Or do you just attend as like horror fanatics? I've been attending it since its uh, inception uh, as well. So I've been going to that festival for about 17 years. And that's actually where I met Kelly, uh, was at Toronto After Dark. So um, yeah, I'm a big supporter of that festival as well. So would you say that the difference between the two is Blood in the Snow is is a hundred? It's a Canadian film festival. It's like Canadian. It's not, it's not yeah. considered international at all. No, no. There are some international films that play, but they have to have a Canadian um, aspect to them. Um, whether it be the director, I mean, because a lot of a lot of Canadians move down to LA, so you have you, there has to have a Canadian component to it um and um with Toronto after dark that's you know international um anyone can apply but for us we we have you know we we want to keep it Canadian so that's where it kind of separates the two um yeah so. and and compared to Fantasia what would you say the like level is Ob obviously Fantasia is an international festival similar to uh mm -hmm. toronto after dark but do you think that i don't want to say quality I, I think that's the wrong term to use but like do you see films that are i guess do is is it is blood in the snow a feeder festival uh, yeah is blood in the snow a feeder festival for fantasia or is it the way the schedule way, where it works out that they're kind of just very separate entities um well i've been uh 
programming for Fantasia for it'll be next year. I just finished my second year there. So um, what I, I, honestly, I feel like it's does they kind of like kind of parallel and kind of intersect and um, it's just it's just a very strange uh, I guess relationship because there's a lot of films that um, I personally think oh this is probably not for Fantasia it's definitely definitely for Blood and Snow and the same for Blood in the Snow like it's so strange because they all they have their different vibes that's what I've learned like they're just and then not to say that something that would play for sure at Blood in the Snow wouldn't play at Fantasia um I just feel that because um, Fantasia has been around for 27 years 20, now 27 years I think I think it's going to 27 I think yeah because this is their 26 so um because it's such a grand scale um it's just different because there's more uh, room for experimental there's more room for um like kind of a, a I don't even know how to put it into words it's just there's a slightly different um uh I guess uh, what's the word like, is it more avant-garde or it can be more avant-garde yeah it, it can be yeah it can be with Fantasia yeah and there's a bit more wiggle room with that whereas with and it's not because uh like the programmers at bits won't don't like it i think it's just the audiences are slightly different even though a lot of toronto people go to fantasia mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, i mean cassie what would you say like what what's your take on it um yeah i would say with like fantasia there's a lot like there's it's it's like they're de the definition of genre i think is a little bit different um there's more like yeah more experimental like avant-garde pieces I would find and the audience is more it's it's like broadened from like direct horror audiences I think I think Blood in the Snow um leans more towards like horror more strictly that even though there's still obviously wiggle room in both but I find that Fantasia will take uh like will go like a more dark comedy or more like um like wacky type of things I don't know I don't know if I, that, that that makes sense but that's what I've noticed in like the programming so uh have have all of you programmed or gone to Fantasia I, and by gone to I don't mean as attendants but like as filmmakers like no well I used to live in Montreal so I used to go to Fantasia when I lived there but uh um just as a um an audience member so and so again, would you both, but both of you guys have both, sorry, it's uh, Melanie and uh, Heidi. Have you both attended? You have both attended Fantasia though. Cause the question I want to ask is, mm. do you, do you agree kind of with your colleagues that uh, of like it, the expanded definition uh, of genre that kind of exists there? Like, or do you have some different, you know, insight of what you feel is, is different between blood in the snow and Fantasia. And the reason I'm talking about Fantasia so much is it is a world famous festival, right? So there mm -hmm. are our audience. It's uh, I'm not trying to not talk about blood in the snow. Uh, it's just that I know that most of our audience definitely has have, have heard of Fantasia and mm -hmm. I want to try and make those parallels. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I haven't been to Fantasia in the last few years, but like I said, when I lived in Montreal, I, I used to attend Fantasia, but that's also over 20 years ago. So I'm sure that the Fant uh, the festival has evolved since then as well. 
Um, so I might not be the the best person to speak on that, but I did enjoy going because it was a place where you could only see those films. So, um, you know, that, that was what um, attracted me to the festival is that it wasn't something that you're going to go to Cineplex and, you know, you can choose a time to go and see it. Like you, um, I think that's what attracted me, you know, as well to Toronto After Dark and and then, you know, to our festival is that this is, you know, the only place where you'll be able to see those movies. So, um, you know, and they're, they're usually very uh, unique movies. So um, that's what I was uh, initially going to Fantasia for, so. Um, I'll be quick here. I'm mindful of time, but I, I, I'm the odd one out here. I haven't been to Fantasia. I am very familiar with the festival because I do have friends that go as programmers, as fans, as producers. So I feel like I do have a bit of intimate knowledge through through my community, but I do see a difference in the sense of the audiences like Caroline and everyone else has already kind of mentioned that I started out as an audience member at Bits, at Blood in the Snow. So I, I totally know what we're talking about when we say there's a vibe to each festival. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the same across different festivals in the city of Toronto alone, right? So you kind of get to know the people that are coming and we know when we can test the limits based on the type of films that we're getting um, submitted to the festival. So actually, let's just stay on you, Heidi. Uh, so what would you say the vibe of bits is? And then I want to talk a bit and then and I'm going to ask that uh, that same question is going to go across the board. And then I actually want to talk about your experience as a programmer. You know, how long have you been doing it? Um, what are what are the what are the good things that you've seen? What are the like kind of and not worse films, but like what are the pitfalls you see in submissions? Right. Like what does a su successful submission often look like? What is a not successful and kind of eye roll? Um, so, yeah, let's let's kick off with that. What do you think say the vibe? So if the audience, for our audience, if they're thinking about checking out Blood in the Snow, who is that person? What, what, what right. is, like you said, yeah, what is that scene? Uh, no pressure. And of course, it's my opinion. So um, I think the vibe is very diverse, age group wise, culture wise. You're an open minded person who just loves horror, but are willing to sort of see other things like fun horror, like comedy, you know, or some satire. Um, with a little bit of sci-fi in there. So I think we're, you know, we're, we're not catering to every single fandom, but definitely our core vibe is people who love genre in general. Um, and I think in terms of um, what we're seeing is that, you know, people are pushing those boundaries within horror and that I'm going now into the submissions that we're seeing, like you were asking, um, Chris. And um I think what gets us excited is when we're seeing um, a really great story that gives us those elements of genre that we're looking for. And um, we can totally kind of turn to each other if we're speaking online or in person. And we're like, yeah, this is like the audience is really going to have a good time mm -hmm. with this film. Right. Um, that's sort of when we know we have something really good um, in terms of I don't think we eye roll at submissions, to be honest. I think we were always looking to see how can we give you some feedback so that the next round, you know, can be fruitful. So, for example, sometimes we're getting films that are really, really long and when it comes to film festival programming, we're sort of bound by time because we need to do quick turnarounds between films. And we also have only so many days that we can program films for, right? So I think that's also where we 
may have um, maybe I love one film, but it's two hours. And we also want to be showing a short film before that feature film. So we're not able to sort of um, include everything that we see. So length might be one thing. Other times, just the editing, you know, continuation kind of questions that we might have or logic within plot. Um, so you guys do notes like you actually give people notes yeah. on submissions. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, as, as as a filmmaker, when you throw your product out, out, out into the world and then you just get a no or a, even a yes, sometimes like a yes, you're just like, I would actually like to know what you liked about the film, because yeah. that is also important. You know what I mean? Well, and I think that, you know, uh, for everyone who makes a film, it's a passion project. They work very hard. Um, you know, and on getting the film actually finished. So um, if there are, you know, issues with, as um, Heidi said, with length, um, and that's, you know, right away that, that could, you know, cause them to not be accepted to, to festivals because of the length, because as, you know, for a lot of festivals, they do like a short before, then, you know, they do the intro, the short, the film, and then a Q&A after. So if you don't have time to do that, that could be um, a hindrance for your film being accepted. Um, also, you know, it's just uh, giving feedback because we have seen so many films. I mean, just think of just this year alone, how many films we've seen. So we we can give some feedback on how um, a film can be improved if there is, you know, different uh, ways to improve it. So... Um, I think feedback is is essential um, if we're not accepting a film. It's essential to let someone know, well, we liked your film, um, but this was an issue with it. And, you know, a lot of times it can be length, um, you know, with shorts, if they're too long, because we have to think about how many, you know, our time constraints on being able to show all these shorts. And if it's, you know, a short is, it, it's usually... A, I think, I don't know if everyone else will agree with me, but the best length for a short is like, 15 minutes at the high end maybe 10 minutes and and below um but when you have a short coming in that's 25 minutes it, it might be more difficult to program because we can't necessarily program that before a movie um so it would have to go into shorts program and then sometimes it's a decision of you know do we play this one short that we like that's 25 minutes or these two shorts that we like that are 10 minutes each. And chances are, we're going to go for the, be able to give, um, you know, exposure to the two shorts that are 10 minutes each. So these are, there's a lot of consideration that goes into, you know, when we're kind of getting down to the, the final cut and who we're going to program. So that's usually one of the suggestions is length, uh, you know, keep it, keep it short and concise, um, you know, so. And, and what would you say the vibe of Blood in the Snow is? Oh, my goodness. Um, very inclusive, very warm, very welcoming. Um, we, you know, I think that most people are very approachable in our film festival if anyone has any questions. Um, I think that that's one of my most important things is that everybody feels welcome there. Uh, that there's no like cool kids club or, you know, that, you know, whoever you are, if you, if you are there for a film festival, we all share a common interest and, um, you know, it's such a diverse crowd as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think <laughs> I like Carolyn's story of when she first met me. And yeah, she I, was, story. I was just going <laughs> to jump in and say that I remember, I will never forget this. Like, I, it was that when um, Bits was still at the Carlton 
And I was just kind of there. One thing, everybody talked to me in the lineup. That was the nicest thing. Everybody was chatty and like, oh, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, what movies do you like? And it just became like this really lovely, like warm community. Like everybody, you know, when I picked up my pass, whatever. I remember first time I talked to Kelly, he was at, um, I think uh, uh, Bits had a table at Horema. And I, I was like, oh my God, Blood in the Snow selling passes. And like a nerd, I'm like, I got to get my pass. I run to the table. I'm like, oh my, can I get my pass, please? And Kelly kind of looked at me like, who the hell is it? <laughs> and I was like, so excited. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for this film fest. I think he looked a little surprised because I was so enthusiastic. So then I go to the film festival and I'm just kind of milling around. And I remember Melanie's like, hey, you come with us to the, the pub after. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, come sit with us. And she, I'm. if you've never heard Melanie's laugh, it is the most <laughs> infectious laugh like I've ever heard in my life. It just Thank kind you. of grabs you and pulls you and it's like, you're having a good time. And I'll never forget that. Melanie was so lovely to me. And I was Thank like, you. who's this woman? She's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been scary a love, and <laughs> It's a love affair ever since. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's a fantastic story, and I mean, it it, it seems to you. And and don't worry, Cassie, I didn't forget about you. Uh, while we're still on, Carolyn, though, um, so what do, would you? Are you just agreeing with your colleagues about like, kind of like what kind of films get in, what mm-hmm. don't? They all covered it so well because the synapse is not firing this morning. But yeah, like they covered exactly <laughs> it. And I would also say it's a filmmakers festival because of that. You know, because. Mm-hmm there's the feedback because Kelly doesn't want you to like go off into the void. I know a filmmaker who um, he, he was like, I don't know why I'm not getting into film festivals. They're just rejecting me. They're just rejecting me. So I think it's really valuable that we do give and Kelly insists on our feedback. He's like, you give me your feedback. If you don't give a feedback on a film, he will email you and say, why did you not, did you, did you score this film this way? And so you'll be like, oh, like he makes you, (laughs) so you can't get away with it. There's no, like everybody's getting a seven. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Like he's like, why? And if you, if you didn't like something, tell me what, and my pet peeve is sound. Um, Yes. Oh my God. I'm like, is it my TV? Am I losing my hearing? Like what is how I turn it up? I turn it down. down. Exactly. Um, (laughs) You just mic your actors properly. You get, you know, just make sure you get like you, you, you get your sound down because that is like a major killer for films so yeah a lot of other things you can fix but sound you cannot um if it's not done properly on set um you know that's pretty hard to fix afterwards so yeah sound is very important you uh you i just got a message from our producer you just like warmed his little heart (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> it's like see see what i do matters around here what it does what we do matters absolutely out here. um is cassie the only filmmaker in this group yeah okay yeah. that's perfect in the sense because my question is so i want you to answer the the same body of questions but i but you're coming at this from as a as a programmer you're you're actually you've been where the sausage is made you've made the sausage so do you find that gives you a different perspective and, and if so what is that perspective do you think like are you more gracious or are you harder because of it um i guess i 
it goes both ways. Um, I think that making a movie in itself is a miracle. Like if you're able to finish making a movie, it's just amazing because it's so hard. So I look at every film like with that. Um, but also I, I also am critical in the sense of certain things like sound and length and stuff like that. Like as a filmmaker, those are things that I've always paid attention to. Um, so it doesn't stop me from being critical, but it makes me really, really appreciate like all the films coming in because just making it in itself. And as a filmmaker, you're still submitting to festivals is um, so like bad on the wallet, like so expensive, everything. So you're just really appreciating that that filmmaker put like the time into making the film and the money into submitting to us. So it makes me like really like put everything into like watching every film and giving it like my all in terms of like notes and just my all, all of my attention. Um, but yeah, I guess also coming at it as a filmmaker, that was kind of my introduction to bits. Um, I was programmed here a few years ago. So it was very much um, the thing I loved about bits was it being uh, a filmmaker's festival. It's so lonely kind of navigating the festival world as a filmmaker. And even like when you get into bits, um, Kelly will have a meeting with all the filmmakers He'll do like a little um, video call and stuff like that to introduce them to the festival and how it works and everything. And I remember like being so appreciative of like those things that he does to make sure that the filmmakers feel like cared and supported for throughout and kind of giving them access to this like amazing community. And there's a lot of social uh, aspects of it as well. A lot of mm -hmm. uh... Um, like the filmmaker, you know, the, the different uh, get togethers so that filmmakers yeah. can meet each other. And we've had actually filmmakers meet at our, our festival and then go off to do projects together. So um, it's really good for networking. Um, it's been, you know, yeah, a lot of uh, filmmakers have told us that they've, uh, I remember, I think even Nadine, who's another one of our programmers said, um, and I hope I'm I'm quoting her correctly, but she said that she it was interesting coming to um, Blood in the Snow because then she met filmmakers from Vancouver who she hadn't met before. Like she's a, she's from Victoria, Vancouver, and uh, yeah, she came all the way out here because she said I, I believe at the time she was like there wasn't necessarily a really big community or the community wasn't um, you know they weren't. Um, knowledgeable of each other and then coming to blood in the snow she met other filmmakers from from vancouver so sorry i have been at toronto after dark so my synapses are not really <laughs> it was a late night last night so <laughs> can i Funny can i words are hard <laughs> can i add on to what mel's um mel was mentioning is that the lab last year um the vancouver um uh, participants they've actually gotten together and they're doing um, uh, an anthology. So they're working on that. And I was like, my lab babies, they're, <laughs> they're doing, they're working together. And like that honestly makes me very emotional because yeah. especially with the lab, cause I'm like, what that? I'm like, I want to do this thing. It's like, you know, I guess Cassie, I wonder if it's like making a film, like I want to do this thing and we're going to do this thing. And I don't, know how we're gonna do this thing <laughs> we just did we did the thing but you did the thing <laughs> yeah and it's like kind of yeah it's funny it was just a conversation between kelly and i and it's become this thing and like they're like big thing. multiplying it's like a virus 
there's other things <laughs> there's other things <laughs> we're like spreading. we're spreading and i think that's the that's the great thing about blood in the snow is that it really encourages people to put themselves out there and we actually have the we will give them the support as much as we can like feedback networking um you know the lab so yeah i guess yeah a lot of times i will send people kelly's way i'm like if you uh need further information on this or how you want to get a film made or whatever i i always suggest go go to kelly go and talk to him because uh, he's made films he's watched film you know he's he's done it all so i i just wanted to ask like not in terms of the filmmaker but like general audience so i go on your website i'm buying passes dressed up in my halloween gear um what is it like as an attendee going am i buying tickets and i'm just picking and choosing which films to watch or is it just a set block hours for the people that don't know if you guys want to let us know on that yeah, oh please take- don't all rush <laughs> <laughs> no i can take that one i mean i've been an attendee for many years as well so um i think it depends right i if you're sort of new um, I was going to say the size of the festival is really, it's in, has increased, but it's still pretty manageable in terms of days and varieties. So if you're more of an early person, come to our matinees on the weekend, let's say. Um, you can buy passes just like any other festival that if you want to have a block, like, you know, you want to book, you know, the 23rd to the 25th of November this year, and you want to come to see all these different films, buy your passes in advance. We do sell out um, kind of early. Um, but if you're still curious and you're not know, I would say go to the website blondindesnow.ca and kind of go through the programming and kind of look at the description of the films. We also do do the write up ourselves, so we we try to kind of get you enticed, uh, you know, uh, with a little bit of tidbits about the films that we're programming if they're feature. Um, I think if people are not sure, I always recommend the shorts program because there's a lot of really great talent in short films and it really is hard to make a short film so i think you're making the filmmakers really happy i see cassie um, nodding so maybe you can add something yeah i love i love the shorts program like um yeah as an attendee that was always what i would like try to go see um i just love the programming with the shorts at bits you get to see things that you won't see anywhere else especially with short films you're not sure if you're going to see them anywhere else um, and I love that the, the curation of it, the Funny Frights program, mm-hmm. um, Dark Visions and the Mediums program, like all of them have space for like such a different level of like shorts, like different types of shorts. Um, yeah, I just, I, I do love shorts. <laughs> I, I just want to add to the uh, Mournful Mediums. I think this is one of the few festivals that actually will program something that is slightly over a typical shorts length so and I think that was a really brilliant idea with Kelly because we were we were like wow this is is an incredible short but it's like 19 minutes and so he was like I I believe that was over um the pandemic um where we had the the a longer shorts because it was being shown on super channel who is still one of our um sponsors and so he's like well let's do like a longer shorts um program and call he called it mournful mediums which I thought was brilliant right Mm -hmm. so that's another thing where you see like this filmmaker who is kind of like ready to do a feature but they're kind of doing a longer short so I think that's really unique with with our programming Mm -hmm. 
Oh, also emerging screams is also a really cool part of the programming, like spotlighting student filmmakers and people who are at early stages in their career. Um, Because then it's really cool to see like their career like progress afterwards. So I've, like I said, I was at uh, Blood in the Snow last year and on the industry side. And so this, (laughs) so we ended up drinking a lot right after the block of uh, like guests and panels and stuff. Uh, and so I didn't actually make it to any of the after parties because like by nine <laughs> o'clock, like all the filmmakers that we were with were already like wasted, like super drunk. <laughs> I think a couple of them actually fell asleep during a screening. Like it was, it was bedlam. Uh, but there is, there is a social component after the screenings, correct? Like there is yeah. after parties. Yeah. And since I did not make it to any of those, can you guys t- like let our audience know of, like what actually happens when the filmmakers are not sleeping by nine o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have the after parties at the Transat Club, uh, which is a, a short uh, walk from uh, the venue, um, which is the Isabel Bader Theater on Charles Street. Um. And yeah, every night after um, the films, uh, there are after parties. I think obviously the the biggest one is the closing night party. Usually it is packed to the rafters with people, uh, which is interesting because I'm thinking uh, I have pictures of the first year after we've, like Kelly and I finished the film festival and I look at him, I'm like, want to go for a beer? And he's like, yeah. And so we went for a beer and I think there was like maybe um, like eight to 10 of us uh, at this uh, pub across the street. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, there was hundreds of people at the the after party. So it's just, it's been interesting to see it grow from that. Like, you know, oh, we're finished. All right, let's go for a beer to now. Like they're, they're actually organized um, after parties. And um, yeah, so those are the, uh, the closing night one is, is definitely the best because I think like at that point we can relax, like everything has been done everything is over and now we can really kind of let loose because during a festival <laughs> there's still other things that you are responsible for and you have to take care of so it's uh you know while um you know people are enjoying the the festival there there's always stuff going on in the background as well to make sure that it's running smoothly so but um yeah i mean there there's it's certainly a great idea to attend the after parties because they are again social um, um social networking events as well so where you can meet people and talk to people in a in a very casual environment so i definitely suggest them if you can stay up after nine o'clock but i totally hear you i totally hear you like my bedtime now is like what 9 30 what it's seven o'clock i'm not going out now it's too late <laughs> when i was younger i didn't go out until like 12 or 1 i was getting ready at 11 you know but now it's like oh no 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 <laughs> but um, and so is that, are those ticketed events? Um, or like, no. or do they, or do like, do you actually even have yeah. to have a festival pass or ticket or how does, no, how does that No, the work? after parties, no, everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. So um, yeah, it's not, uh, it's, it's at a pub. It's like I said, it's very casual. It's very relaxed. Come enjoy, talk to people, you know, and uh I mean, if there's, uh, we can always help too. If there's people that, you know, you want to be introduced to, we can always help with that as well. Um, so, yeah. So 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, it's fine. Oh, I was, I was just, just going to say, I'm always happy to make introductions. So if it, uh, if it helps and it kind of breaks the ice for someone, because, some, you know, some people might be a bit socially shy and, and not comfortable going up to someone. And I don't have that problem at all. <laughs> don't talk to anyone. So, yeah. You know, it's one of the things I'm kind of picking up from you guys is, or you people, is that, you know, compared to say like TIFF, like the vibe as far as like the interpersonal interactions seems like much chiller with Blood in the Snow. Mm -hmm. And I get like TIFF is TIFF and your, your genre and, you know, your different festival. But like you go to TIFF and everything's either like pretentious pay to play or you're just not getting into it. Like it's like if you're not if you're not Brad Pitt, you're not going to that thing. That's it. Like it doesn't matter. And yeah. it's uh, with you guys. It's like come have fun, like come have fun. You're whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're the audience member, whether you're just like, it sounds like if you're just like a, like a hangabout, like just like, come on down. And I think it's so Absolutely. awesome. And cause I, I agree with, uh, with Cassie because I'm also a filmmaker. Like it's a, it's a tough go. And it, you sometimes almost have to remind yourself you're, you, you don't have to be in competition with people all the time no no um, no and you know again i think tiff is a an example of the type of film where it's like if you're there like you're fighting for a distributor you're fighting for all the and i'm not suggesting you're not doing that at blood and so but it's just it's kind of nice to hear that there's a place you can go where yeah you can you can do the networking you can get distribution you can do that but you can also actually have fun like mm -hmm. this is an art yeah. like we're supposed to yeah. enjoy what we're doing well i always said that this is my second job and this is my fun job um, so I have my my serious job that, you know, pays the bills and, you know, and then I have this job and I I love working for Blood in the Snow um, or I wouldn't be doing it. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I do it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of work involved, but there's also a, a lot of enjoyment. I do this for enjoyment, for fun, um, you know, and I I. I'm grateful that I've, I've been part of the festival since, you know, the beginning and, and that I'm still part of it because it's just such a great festival. And I'm proud to be part of it as well because of its inclusivity and, and um, you know, just the feedback I get from people just saying that they always feel welcome there. They um, and, and they don't feel intimidated because I think sometimes at festivals, people may feel a bit intimidated. And they don't feel that way with our festival. So I don't want people to feel intimidated. Come, come up and talk to me, you know, and if there's anything I can do to help, I will be happy to help. Well, I was going to say you guys enthusiasm about this is super infectious. Like I'm smiling, just listening. Cause I'm like, <laughs> like it's amazing. Right? Yeah. Hello, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it breaks my heart to send rejection letters to the lab participants who didn't make it. And the thing is, it's not like by a huge margin. It's like, there's just like where you have to go down to scores. Like you're like, okay, between this and this, you have to go down by scores and like what the jury's saying. And then having to like, email them and it just like to me that like I know it's just a part of the thing right it's part of the game you you apply to something you could make it you could not but just to me it just breaks my and I have to send them like when I send them that email I'm like you know it doesn't mean you're a terrible filmmaker like I feel like I'm their auntie I'm like it's okay you know here's some ice cream <laughs> But like well, there's a lot of competition too, though, Carolyn, yeah. and and, and yeah. you know, so unfortunately, not everyone's gonna to make it in. Even yeah. we, I mean, gosh, even this year, I'm thinking about how how hard it was. There was like a lot of films that 
that had very high scores. Yeah. Oh, now I get light if I just put my hand here. Ooh, ooh, look at that. <laughs> She's an angel now. But I, but I also want to make them feel like they're not, it's not, you're not a piece of garbage if you don't get in. Because I know yeah. people beat themselves up, especially creators. I mean, I'm a writer. You know, I write something. I'm like, does that make sense? Is, that, is this garbage? You always second guess yourself. And when you get rejected from something, that is like a That's huge blow. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. Again, when you're talking about inclusivity, even just that aspect where you don't want people to feel like, oh, don't ever make a movie again. Don't ever try anything. Because that's the that's what the, the awful self-talk is, right? Mm -hmm. So you want, now it's like a therapy session for like rejected filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, no, you can't feel like garbage. You just have to try again. I mean, you can feel like garbage, but you have to try again. And And I think that's what we support too. It's like, even if you didn't get in maybe come to the festival and see what mm. it's about and see why maybe you may not have gotten in this year but maybe take notes and see what the films are that we've programmed so that you can it can help you maybe next year so yeah we're all about the filmmakers and making people feel welcome and not you know this because the world is hard you know yeah you don't want to add to that so and we know how and we we acknowledge how hard it is to make a film whether it be a short or a feature length how much work goes into it how many people work on those projects and you know so it's something even if uh you know it needs a bit of work it's something to always um you know respect is is the amount of work that goes into making a film and um like I said this year it was really hard because we had some films that we um all again scored very high but we had to to reject and and we debated over it because it's like you know can we try to fit these into our festival and uh there were a few that we had to reject just because of of length and time and yeah so but um yeah um just on caroline's note about the lab i think the other thing is we don't want to sound like it's a rejection but it's a, another you know take take a look to see where you can go next but it just also reminds us of the need for funding and sort of training opportunities for these filmmakers. And a genre is, has a lot of fans, right? So filmmakers start off as fans of the genre itself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what we're doing is very unique and hopefully in the very near future, then the bigger funding bodies can kind of get on board and, and creating these opportunities because I think we're actually, you know, if we had more seed money, then we can also include more people, right, Carolyn? Mm -hmm. So I think there, there's room to grow for us, but there's also a chance for other um, funders mm -hmm. to help filmmakers out. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> we definitely need more funders. Um, and I would say if you're a filmmaker and you're, you're listening to this podcast or watching this YouTube and you want to get into film or you're interested into film, I honestly think coming to BITS um, picking up a pass or like an industry pass, read as as Heidi mentioned, go to the website and check it out and come and see what it's all about because it is really a unique festival. Mm -hmm. That's going to say too, I know uh, with films that are rejected, Kelly will sometimes suggest other festivals that they can apply to where they might be a better fit. Um, so there's always support, um, you know, on a variety of levels with our festival um with them so do you guys have that your, would be something important to note do you guys have your slate pick i haven't i haven't looked at your website this morning so i don't know where you are in your selection process 
yes, we had our, our final programming meeting <clears throat> was a week or two ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah. We're gonna announce on the 26th officially. So it's not on the website right now, but- uh... So you definitely can't say which films you're liking because some of these people haven't <laughs> well, even got technically. We love them all, Chris. We love them all. <laughs> I would say this episode drops on the 26th. So technically you're not, you know, doing anything bad if you were to say it now, right? <laughs> We we can have our earmuffs on if you want. <laughs> yeah, I can take my headphones off. <laughs> um, so I, I I realize we're 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 getting close to the end of our time. Some of you have to go. Uh, I love the like we didn't even talk about a movie. I love that we just talked about y- you guys and your festival. Uh, yeah. but let's 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 go down the line. Uh, it doesn't even have to be genre. Like, give us a couple of your favorite films, maybe why you like them. Um, and then yeah, we'll we'll let you guys get on your way and uh, yeah. Let's let's uh I know that uh Heidi has probably spoken Heidi and Cassie have spoken the least, so I'm gonna try and let them talk a bit here. They're they're the Scots, they're the Scots on this show. Scott knows what it's like to be on a show with me. So find the seconds, maybe we'll talk your ear off. <laughs> um I guess I can start since I already um unmiked myself. Uh favorite films. Um, I am an Exorcist fan, the original. We don't, t- we don't talk about that movie. It's too scary. I know you don't. And that's why I'm picking it. <laughs> uh, just to, you know, uh, difficult. Uh, but it is definitely one that I will watch often. And um, But I'm also a sucker for documentaries. So uh, that's I'm just going to leave it there. I won't pick one documentary, but that's my next favorite. Have you, have you seen the new Exorcist? Nope. <laughs> Are you going to see it? Yes. Oh, you are going to see it. Okay. I've, okay. I, I wanted maybe some feedback from someone who actually likes that movie. And it's not that Scott and I don't like the E movie. It's just it's very scary. It's it's childhood trauma. Yeah. Like, it's childhood trauma with me. I was way too young to watch that movie. And <laughs> but I did watch the new one. and It was very bad. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, no. I think I'll save it. I'll save it for something another time to watch. Uh, Cassie? Um, picking a favorite film is so hard for me. Um, I guess I can just like give you like a few of my faves. Um, I like love, uh, like silly, wacky genre films. So like Anna and the Apocalypse, I don't know if you've seen it. It's, um, it's kind of a zombie horror Christmas musical. (laughs) For some reason I watched it. I watched it at like Toronto after dark, um, like a few years ago. And I don't know, it just stuck with me. Like I'm obsessed with it. Um, I have the vinyl. I have like a signed poster that my friend gave me because he went to the screening at Fantasia. Um, And I don't know, I just love it. It's just so silly. And it just plays with genre in such a cool way. Um, And I also love like Greener Grass, um, Jawbreakers. I love films that like play with like color and visuals in a really cool way um but yeah and in terms of horror I'm a big like scream fan like I love Wes Craven um I love meta stuff uh yeah what speaking speaking of scream since I'm wearing my uh scream t-shirt uh the latest installment give it give give me your 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 15 seconds on that um I I like I, I like every screen movie. Um I didn't like it as much as the obviously the first ones, which are my favorite. Um yeah, I 
it was it was fine <laughs> you guys are so nice you're so i'm glad you did not you hope uh, clearly you did not listen to this podcast before coming on because i'm surprised you are willing to even talk to me because you are much nicer people than i am <laughs> yeah. um yeah melanie or, or carolyn um i was gonna say i think i mean it would be hard for me to choose a favorite film because you know i watch so many of them I love I have my whole like set up in my living room with my tv and my sound bar to because I just love watching movies um one of my favorites I have to say uh and I've been watching the tv series recently so this is why it's coming to mind is what we do in the shadows oh yes one of the funniest I love I love dark humor I have a very dark sense of humor so for me I think that more than the slashers it's the dark humor that really that i really appreciate and that i really um am attracted to so i'm irish so we've got a dark sense of humor um so what we do in the shadows has got to be one of my favorite like i know i can just put it on and i'm gonna laugh every time i see it you know um vladish laughed the poker you know <laughs> it's like like when they go to the the vampire ball at the local skating rink you know it's just it's like there's like it doesn't stop um so um to pick a, a I I do love to laugh so I think um I am drawn to more the 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 comedies uh the comedy horrors if anything um so that I would have to say is uh yeah and I do like like Heidi I love documentaries as well I love uh um, kind of exploring new things um, through documentaries. So, yeah. Uh, uh, on just Carolyn, before, hold on before we, I just want, so between the film and the TV uh-huh. show, which I believe is primarily shot in Toronto. Uh, it is, it is. What's your, what's your, what's your, I don't know, take or whatever. I think, I think Matt Berry was a brilliant, oh, brilliant choice in casting for that show. I don't think they could have chosen a better person. Just, uh, have you ever seen him on IT Crowd? Uh, yes, but I also watched uh, a toast of the London. toast of London, yeah, yeah <laughs> which yeah. is amazing. So yeah, so he was just a brilliant casting choice for that show. I love the show too. Um, oh my god, Colin Robinson! <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, Colin Robinson. He's like got to be one of my favorite characters as well. So yeah, I love I love the TV show. And I hope they do continue. I actually have a Matt Berry shirt that says, like, on the front, it's like, bat. And then on the back, it says, human form. <laughs> so, yeah, it is yeah. a fantastic. Anybody who's listening to this, if you've not watched what we do in the show with the TV show, you have to go watch it. It's so, and, so funny. And Nandor. Nandor. <laughs> My friends up at their cottage have this, like, painting. And it looks like something that Nandor would have been in, like, you know, when he was, like... <laughs> like when he was, like, still conquering horse, villages yeah. and pillaging yeah, and stuff. Exactly. So we did raping and like, pillaging. We got a Nandor painting. And I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, that That's definitely going to be a cult classic, that TV show, for sure. Uh, but, Carolyn? Uh, um, yeah. Um, oh my god. Well, I'm wearing yeah, my try lipstick. to follow that, Carolyn. Yeah, boom. My <laughs> lipstick demon t-shirt. Hey, hey. So I love the Insidious uh franchise. I love it. Cause I just I don't know. I just think it's a great franchise. Um uh fight me on that. Uh but anyway, <laughs> what else? Um I love so much that I like there's a film I've saw I saw a couple a few years ago. I think it played Tiff. It's called The Assistant. 
Um, and it's just this really dark drama. And it was triggering because it was basically like I was an administrative assistant for a while and it was a horrible work, ex- toxic workplace. Are you talking about um, the one that's essentially set in Harvey? It's, it's Harvey Weinstein's office, but it's that's but, the assistant? I think so. Is that? Yeah, I yeah. think that's the one. And it's, it's beautifully the, shot, too, from a oh, cinematic perspective. It's, um, a, it's a horror movie. I'm sorry. It's a yeah. horror movie. If you were an administrative assistant, you're, it's a horror movie. So that's one of my favorite. Um, one that played bits of Black Mountain Side. Love that mm-hmm. movie. Um, it's kind of like the thing, but a Canadian bent on it. Um, so it's like a politer thing. Like it says, sorry, before it turns into a monster and con- yeah. it consumes you. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but yeah, it's just like, it's so good. It's really intense. Um, uh, what else? Oh yeah. The exorcist was like a Catholic primer for me. So <sighs> you know how not to be a bad girl. I don't know. But like my parents. But Regan, that's the thing. Regan's not even bad. And she gets possessed. This is the problem with this movie. (laughs) But that's the thing. That's the Catholic family. It's like, you're not bad, but we're anticipating you're bad. So this is what could happen to you if you're bad. (laughs) But yeah, uh, so many films. Um, I what a couple times. Let's see. Um, Oh, Fake Blood. Oh, The Conspiracy. I love mockumentaries, like horror mockumentaries. And the conspiracy is a really good one, um, and fake blood is another good one. I think those guys are from out uh, out west. Forget, but anyway, yeah. Um, just I love horror. I I will watch anything. I will watch Shark Man on the Moon. Um, I will watch like the worst CGI uh, dinosaur movie. Um, I think sometimes those are the yes. better ones though, because they're just yeah. Yeah, but again, they made a movie and I'm watching it. So, yeah. you know, thank you. So does That's that mean you guys are all big uh, Brett Kelly fans or? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Jurassic yeah, Shark. Come... and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh my God. So much. It's just fun, you know? Yeah. Just, I mean, some movies you watch because there's like this incredible commentary and like a very, like I liked the um, Candyman remake. I liked it. I know it got completely obliterated by the critics and like you had to pick a side also like mother another movie you had to pick mm, a side mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. but i sorry give me something weird i'll dig it yeah <laughs> i think it's just it's fun to see people have fun with their filmmaking as well sometimes mm-hmm. and you know yeah yeah, yeah. why so serious right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh is there anything else you guys obviously we we're gonna put lots of stuff in our show notes links to blood in the snow on the way out, I know Heidi's on her way out already. So, uh, is there anything you guys want to say before we let you go? Just come to the festival. Come to yeah, get, to say that. yeah October twentieth and twenty fifth. Get your passes. Get your tickets when they go on sale. So, yeah, come check it out. We'd love to see you. And, and Chris, stay, stay up after <laughs> nine o'clock, and we'll go for a beer. <laughs> you're asking this man a lot uh you know so it was funny so just like like two weeks ago i messaged scott at like 8 30 i was like primed i'm going out and hey you want to get a drink he's like i just got some running around to do for an hour i'll call you back 9 30 calls me i'm like dude like i'm already in my like track pants and stuff and he's like and he's got like a wife and kids he's like i don't want to say he guilted me but he made me feel very very bad as a bad friend so i ended up like dragging myself out at like 9 30 it was a great night but it was just like I mean, it's Isn't it weird how that happens. So I find that that happens for me, like at eight o'clock, like I'll be like dressed 
and then all of a sudden I'm magically in my pajamas. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember getting changed. Just this all of a sudden, it's like I black out. I'm like, oh, I'm in my pajamas. And oh, yeah, laying down on my couch. I had friends in town uh, a couple weeks ago and we were going to go to this this club. And then they, as I, anyways, they were, I thought we were going to go earlier. And then they texted me at 1130. They're like, we're here. And I'm like, I'm in bed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I can come, but I don't think I can be very entertaining because all I want to do is be in bed sleeping. So yeah, I, I, I don't know when that happened. Maybe it was the pandemic that uh, all of a sudden I'm like, or maybe age going into my fifties. I'm just like, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I did all my fun when I was younger. And now, you know, I, if I'm going out, it's before seven. Can, can we do this exciting thing, but can we do it at about uh, 1.30 in the afternoon? <laughs> Matt is, exactly, exactly. Senior Even special. with shows now, I find I'm at shows and I'm like, oh, thank God they finish at 11. <laughs> myself i'm like it's got to be done by 11 man because of the uh the what is it the uh the noise oh yes toronto has those noise noise, yes. I'm like, oh yeah you got to be done by 11 so i get to go <laughs> i don't know i don't know well, thank you so much for coming. Like Again, I think this is going to be one of our more interesting shows. It's always more interesting for people to come on this show because they're more interesting than definitely than I am. Scott, Scott <laughs> can be interesting in small bites. So, <laughs> yeah, Thank you so much, guys. And like I said, your enthusiasm and everything is super freaking infectious. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to this festival. Yay. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed the the best friend moment between Chris and Melanie there watching that form over the what you do in shadows like yeah. like this is now time capsuled right <laughs> Well and I'm like in the shadows I don't know I honestly like I have all the lights on and I don't know what's going on so if we're talking about lighting and film like I'm just not very uh yeah. there, there, there's probably yeah, one or two gaffers that are going to be at this uh at, your, at blood in the snow this year you may want to just have a quick conversation with them or don't again i think it works like it definitely works it's like what are you doing in the shadows yeah. <laughs> all right guys enjoy the rest okay. of your day and thank you for coming out and thank yeah you. i will see you, you uh, in a month yay awesome, yay. awesome. thanks so much thank you for having us it was a pleasure yeah. speaking with you and that is our wrap for the day please like and subscribe to this podcast tell your friends if you want to get a hold of us reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com So yeah, there we go. Uh, so Scott, are you are you now going to Blood in the Snow Film Festival or what? I don't know. It did like it made it seem super like the place to be, right? Like it's in Toronto, right? It is in Toronto. We, <laughs> it's an hour episode, and we never actually talked. Yeah, about and that, that's you can tell that they're from Toronto because they don't even say that you know blah 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 Toronto. They're just like oh, it like Queen West, and they're just like throwing out landmarks, and I'm like. Yeah, that's such a very Toronto thing. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, the films are great. Uh, I 
didn't see any films because I was either drunk or hungover. So <laughs> I'm hoping to see some films at the Blood in the Snow Film Festival this year. Um, as I said at the beginning, the top of the show, though, if you are anywhere associated with filmmaking, wanting to be a filmmaker, already a filmmaker, uh, the Deadly Exposure component of the festival is fantastic, and there will definitely be all the links to stuff in the show notes. So. Production by Rod Shaver, Fader Monkey Productions.